Hey, before we jump into the old pre-meds podcast, have you subscribed to pre-med diaries yet? Episode two is out now. Go subscribe at meddiaries.com or in your favorite podcast app. However you're listening to this, hopefully you're subscribed here. This is the old pre-meds podcast, session number 148. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a med student and then a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I take questions directly from the old pre-meds, the non-traditional pre-med form over at medicalschoolhq.net slash forms. If you are new here, thank you for joining us, joining me. Thank you for joining us in the the plural, everyone else who is listening with you. This is a community, an amazing community of students. We have the forms, we have the pre-med hangout, which if you are not part of, you should be. You go to medicalschoolhq.net slash group. That'll take you to that private Facebook group where you can join. But we are a community of students who believe in each other, who support each other, and who know that no matter what, no matter what you've been through, no matter what struggles you've had, that you will be a physician if this is what you want. Our question today from the non-traditional pre-med forum comes from 224Kira. And she says, hi, I'm a non-traditional student who just graduated in May from a four-year college. I actually did it in five to complete pre-med requirements. I am currently working as a research assistant for a nuclear neurologist as I studied to take my MCATs this spring. Quick side note, MCATs is not plural. It's one of my big pet peeves in this pre-med world. MCATs is not plural. It's a single test, MCAT. All right, and side note done. And hopefully apply this upcoming cycle. As we're currently working on the data organization slash processing for the research, I've been listening to the Pre-Med Years podcast as I transfer files. It's really been an engaging mental stimulator, and I plan to catch up on it. Then to continue listening to other podcasts I've encountered as a result, either directly or through further research of your podcast. Well, thank you. Anyway, your podcast, my podcast, has brought up some concerns I didn't know I had yet with my application, namely my medicine-related extracurriculars. I have clinical experience as a CNA, STNA, but I haven't really had the chance to do much, if any volunteering or shadowing. Some more things about me you may want to know. I was homeschooled. There's a greater than 10-year gap where I was not in a formal academic classroom. During that time, I pursued a career as a professional ballet dancer. This path stopped at age 21 due to an issue with my ankle, which surgery could correct, but would leave me without the flexibility to do point work necessary for a ballet dancer. Researching my symptoms really was the catalyst that piqued my interest in medicine. Surprise, surprise, right? Side note, surprise, surprise, an injury leading to an interest in medicine. That sounds like my story. And side note, I started college at age 22. While I started with the thought of going pre-med, I was highly uncertain in my ability to take on the study load required for a pre-med student, heavily science-based, when I was very much arts-focused, and eventually a med student. I started with high school-level sciences at a community college 
and now have a major in cognitive science. Okay, it technically says social science interdisciplinary on my diploma with minors in two hard sciences, biology and chemistry. I was without a car most of my undergraduate career and public transportation is not great where I live. I worked at least one job throughout my education and had a second throughout my senior year and sporadically during other years. I still have two jobs, the research assistant position and I also teach ballet. I'm in the process of trying to get volunteering and shadowing experience now that I have the transportation for it, but I'm concerned as to how that'll look to medical schools and if I should hold off longer on applying to boost my extracurriculars. I would really prefer to get my life moving further forward towards my eventual career, if possible, but I could see how a school could look at me and balk. Oh, if it helps, my overall GPA was a 3.95. All right, interesting story here of a student who is or has clinical experience. And this is an interesting kind of twist on on her statement that we'll dive into, uh, but it's potentially lacking volunteering and shadowing in her application and is wondering whether or not to delay an application to build up those extracurriculars, which is very common for a lot of students to delay an application, to focus on the MCATs, to catch up on extracurriculars, to do all of that other fun stuff. So the question is, for me, this one comment, or a couple comments, right? I have clinical experience as a CNA, STNA. I don't know what STNA is. I'll have to look that one up. Uh, But a CNA, a certified nursing assistant. But she also says that the two jobs that she has is a research assistant and a ballet teacher. So my assumption is that this student has had research or had has had clinical experience in the past as a CNA, but doesn't currently do any clinical experience. So my question is, how long has it been since you've had clinical experience? Because that matters. This is where a lot of students go wrong with their extracurriculars, is that they'll, they'll do something in bulk, Sophomore year, I worked as a CNA, I got my hours in, and then I stopped so I could do other things. And that stopping is a huge red flag. You need consistency with this process. Consistency with your extracurriculars, consistency with your shadowing, consistency with your volunteering. And also, obviously, if you can, consistency with your grades and consistency with your MCAT score, your MCAT prep that leads to a good MCAT score. This is a a hard process that takes a lot of balancing. And when you're a student who needs to work, then it's like, well, how do I fit all of this in? And luckily, you can go find a job that is clinical experience that also pays, like working as a CNA, like working as a scribe, like working as maybe an ER tech working as an EMT. Those are all clinical experience activities that are going to pay you as well if if that is a necessary part of the equation. But the, the comment of, I have clinical experience, scares me a little bit. So how much do you have and how old is it? If it's not consistent, I would say you also need more clinical experience. 
do you have to have shadowing and volunteering? There's there's no there's no extremes here. You don't have to have anything. I would tell you that you should, that I highly, 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 highly recommend it. But are there students who get in with little to no shadowing? Sure, it happens. Are there students who get in with little to no volunteering? Sure, it happens. It's not the norm, but it happens. You need consistency with your shadowing. You need consistency with your volunteering. You need consistency with your clinical experience. That consistency needs to to lead up to the application and through the application cycle. Remember, when you're filling out your application, you put the stop date as the date that you're expecting to start medical school. And you can technically estimate the hours for that whole other year as well, which in my mind is a little sketchy, but uh, I I don't recommend doing that. But that's what the, the application tells you that you can do. Consistency with all of those things. So to give you a little bit of a timeline here, the student is asking, should I delay my applications? This student posted it on September 14th, 2018. We're in the middle of an application cycle. Is she talking about applying right now for this current cycle, right? It's September 14th, 2018. If she were to apply right this minute, applications are still open. Right right now, it's October 16th, so it's a month after she has posted this. Applications are still open. The deadlines for uh, AMCAS is typically end of October. Could she submit an application right now? Sure. Would I recommend it? Nope. Not this late in the game. Applying late is one of the deadly sins of the application process. Don't do it. So... She's asking, should I delay my application to boost the extracurriculars? Well, assuming that this is September 14th, 2018, applying for next year, June of 2019, to start medical school in 2020, then no, I wouldn't delay your application past June of 2019 because you have many, many months right now to work on your extracurriculars. And sure, it'll look a little funky because it's all crammed in at the end. But starting right now is better than starting in May before you apply in June. Right? The saying, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. When's the second best time? Today. Right now. Today. Start getting extracurriculars. Making sure that you have consistent clinical experience. Making sure you have consistent shadowing. Making sure you have consistent volunteering. Consistency is important. Do it now. Apply next year, assuming you, you're taking the MCAT and everything else. Right. So, so reminding myself that this student said that she's planning to take the MCAT this spring, that tells me that she is applying in 2019 to start medical school in 2020. Does she need to delay further I don't think so. It also depends on her commitment to work. How many hours does she have? A lot of students see this as a black and white thing. It's a a zero or a one, right? Super binary. That I'm either shadowing, volunteering, and, and getting clinical experience 30 hours a week, or I don't have time for it at all. And you're not seeing that you have five hours here and there and everywhere, right? How much TV did you watch this week? 
How many how many times were you out with friends, talking on the phone with friends, surfing the internet, right? Looking at my Instagram, which you should be at Medical School HQ. There's a lot of hours that are unaccounted for as you're going through this process that you can fit in five hours a week. And that's good. That's good enough. You should do it, right? Five hours a week for five um, five months times four is 100 hours. That's a lot. It's not nothing. It's not a 1,000, but it's not nothing. And so you have plenty of time to do that. So I wouldn't delay past 2019 to apply, even if you have a lot to do moving forward. So work on all that stuff. And just remember, consistency is key. So as you are planning, uh, other students listening to this, not this poster, as you are planning your process to applying to medical school, when it is that you are going to apply to medical school, make sure that you are factoring in consistency with all of these things. That is super important, so, so important when you are applying to medical school, consistency in everything that you are doing. I hope you have a great week. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to this right now. If you are listening on my webpage, there are there are buttons there that says subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Google Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify. And don't forget to also check out Pre-Med Diaries where we're taking your phone calls and and Allison Gray, uh, Dr. Dr. Allison Gray is uh, hosting that show, listening to that voicemail feedback that you are calling in your diary entry and she's providing some feedback some some thoughts on those entries you can find those again at pre-med diaries in your podcast app or go to meddiaries.com have a great week we'll see you next time here on the old pre-meds podcast 